Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7-liter high-output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromise durability. Impressive power, whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks! This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Charles back here again. Rational perspective or as close as I can be today uh, on Spurs 2, Chelsea 0. Another defeat, another bleak day in this bleak, bleak season. As the title says, this just cannot continue from a Chelsea perspective. And I don't know what that means. I think for most people that probably does mean a change in head coach, but I'd be lying to you and I think you know if you listen to my review of the Southampton game last week um, I was very very negative after that game you know as you'd probably expect after losing to the team placed bottom of the league but it's it's just not that there's such little joy it beats you down every week watching Chelsea at the moment it really does and from a coaching perspective you know, we can throw in the context of, of many things, whether that's a, a really large squad, that, a ridiculous squad of 33 players, of no preseason for Graham Potter, of, of injuries to key players throughout the time he's been in charge. But, and I don't think all those things can just be dismissed as excuses. I think some of those, you know, that those are variables within there where you do think, well, if there was someone else in charge, are they going to have that much of a transformative effect? But from a very simple thing, it's like, we assess things now over a block of games since the World Cup and if you you know you look at the block of games we've had since the World Cup and his first block of games where sure it did end badly before the World Cup but there are at least positives you cling on to like tangible results things you felt like since he came in that you know tactical things or player performances we have seen none of that really since the World Cup break uh, nothing tangible in terms of results Chelsea just don't look like they know how to score anymore. We, as a team, look so devoid of of unity and and spirit. And it's the same thing I said last week. And I'm I'm sick and tired of sounding like a broken record. But I said it last week, adversity. Chelsea fail with adversity in games. And I thought we'd gotten away with one at halftime when Ziyech didn't get sent off because I thought, well, that was going to be the game then. Then to come out and literally concede a goal at the start of the second half is just it's unacceptable it really is and you know the fact that there was such little response that once again we struggled to create any good opportunities which has actually been something we've we've done in recent weeks today we couldn't even do that and then the game ends 2-0 and it, and it's just it's it's really depressing now it, it just is so we'll go through the team news you know the team selection we'll look at some of the player performances and, and all of that stuff but I do come to the conclusion that, you know, you know, it's not my style and I'm never going to do this because I just hate the culture online of, of going after a head coach. And we will talk about something that isn't 
it is relevant to today's game, but I, I didn't have a chance. I was quite busy um, on Friday and Saturday. So I didn't have a chance to get out my preview and speak about the the death threats towards Graham Potter. But I think on, on today's show, I am going to address it because I, I do have to say something about it. I think it'd be irresponsible of me to not talk about it. But if you are new around here, hit that subscribe button. Welcome to the therapy, even though I, I don't want to steal Jan's uh, football therapy thing. It is, that's what it has to be at the moment, watching Chelsea, because it is just so, so bleak. It really is. And so unenjoyable. Um, it, it really is. So if you want to see, if you want to, you know, share it with someone, hit that subscribe button, notification bell. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. The team news, I mean, I, I, I put out my predicted 11 because I didn't do a preview for this game on Twitter on, I think it was on Friday. And I preferred actually to see Graham Potter match up Spurs and go with a 3-4-3. Baddy Ashile Silver and Fafana as the back three. Chirwell James as wing backs. Enzo and Ruben as a midfield two. And then Felix Sterling and Havertz as a front three. To be honest, I mean, the team he actually put out there was not, I mean, in terms of actual personnel, it wasn't radically different to what I suggested. I was a little bit surprised that Baddy Ashile wasn't starting. I know he didn't have the, the best game last week, but. You know, I think for someone who's asserted himself really well as a young defender, I was just a little bit surprised that he didn't feature in this game. Um, And, you know, I I don't think Koulibaly had an awful game, the the player that replaced him. But, you know, I think that was maybe a little bit harsh on on Badi Ashile. And then you had uh, Raheem Sterling coming in. But then when he actually looked at the team, you felt, well... You know, personnel-wise, with the exception of Sterling in for Mudrick, that was the eleven that started against Borussia Dortmund, where obviously we did have quite a good performance. Um, of course, not scoring, but you know, it, it it's it'd be silly now to say it wasn't a good performance. So it wasn't a performance where we created good opportunities. So I, I could understand maybe the logic behind that, but and Chelsea started, I think, well in the sense that we were controlling the game, we were dictating possession, which is what you expect against this Spurs side. They do like to sit in, they do like to soak up pressure. I think against better quality opposition, they've been found out consistently when that has happened. Against Chelsea, that isn't the case because we can't score goals. Um, but then it felt like a few kind of once there was a little bit of physicality, Spurs got a few moments on the break. Nothing serious. It felt like the game and, and Chelsea's any. Of, of that inspiration as we see so often this season when Chelsea have good moments within games it lasts very short periods of time and and that was it really for the rest of the game um, and then we had the Ziyech moment before half time I know he was criticised Graham Potter for not for playing Hakim Ziyech in the first place because you know this is a guy who was on the verge of joining, joining PSG I did say when he was on the verge of joining PSG that the weeks before then he was actually doing some good things for Chelsea on the pitch I thought he was one of our better performers you know creating goals creating good opportunities but it was such a petulant moment and at first my reaction was Chelsea got very lucky I still think Chelsea got very lucky because you'll see things you would have seen things before and seen things after where that was a red card and I, my question to a Chelsea fan would be if that's a Spurs player doing it to one of our players if if rather than uh, it was on Emerson Royale wasn't it if, if that's Emerson Royale and Hakim Ziyech are Chelsea fans calling for a red card when I saw a different angle it didn't look as clear to me but we got away with it so then you go in at half time and it looks like a bit of an even game. I, I felt that maybe there's a chance this just ends nil nil at, at this point, or Chelsea get lucky somehow and we can maybe bring someone off the bench and change things. But then to concede a goal in that manner where falling asleep, and that that is the biggest detriment to a head coach, is the fact that it's a tight game. Chelsea have maybe got away with one. It's a tense game, it's a derby. 
But there's enough there to maybe think, you know, Chelsea haven't been awful here. And then to come out literally where seats were still being filled up in the stadium and we're 1-0 down already, which at the current moment is is effectively like, a, a, you know, sort of um, a, a knockout punch for Chelsea at this point because, you know, I, I thought at that point that this probably is game over and, and, and it proved to be, to be honest, um, as, as the half wore on. You know, it, it was a good strike, but you can talk about the positioning of Kepa. You can talk about the, the lack of um, a good clearance in that position and the positioning of certain players on actually both goals. Uh, because I'll go to the second goal as well. The second goal was just, you know, it, it's pathetic to concede a goal like that to Harry Kane because it's just, it's classic Harry Kane and it's people on, you, know, you talk about en- people criticising Enzo's positioning, Koulibaly's positioning, Raheem Sterling. It's it's the classic Harry Kane and Spurs from a corner move, and to get done by it at that point in the game when Graham Potter, I think, was about to bring on Pierre Emerick Aubameyang and a few other players, where maybe the last ten minutes could have been a bit different, but of course it just kills the game at that point. You know, you look at those players, and and particularly Joao Felix today, who who was trying to do things in the first half, but I think he really deteriorated, and he had a few moments in the first half, particularly when Chelsea were a lot better, to play a killer pass, and he failed to do so, and that really cost Chelsea. But all around the team, I thought Sterling was probably our brightest player in the first half, but that deteriorated. There is such, you know, whenever we move forward, it looks so turgid and so like Mission Impossible. You know, you can see at times the apprehension for players when they get into that final third of of missing a chance of maybe not having, not wanting to to take the responsibility of potentially missing a chance. And, And that in itself... You know, it is 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 what makes watching this current Chelsea team equally as depressing because you can talk about the tactics, you can talk about the the way players are being shifted about and and the coaching side of things, and and of course it's a reflection of the coaching currently. But you know, it, it's more a sense that you know I really struggle to think back to a time of watching Chelsea when we were fun to watch, and I'm talking quite a while here. And the adversity thing, you know, I I will pin that from the, the sort of second half of last season as well. You know, this is there are problems that are going on and, and why, despite whatever happens with Graham Potter over the next few weeks, it's my big concern, whoever, if, if some, let's say, hypothetically, Graham Potter is sacked and he's, someone else comes in, what happens when we go 1-0 down in a game? What happens when after a brief upturn in results, we get a difficult run? How do these players react? How does the next coach deal with that and root out these problems that have been ongoing that is a a deeper long-held concern for me of the mentality of dealing with moments in games and in seasons that are going to be difficult and there's been absolutely no evidence this season at all growing evidence against that this group of players can deal with moments like that and that is a fundamental barrier for whatever we want to achieve at Chelsea in the upcoming years, whether that's you know getting back into the Champions League, whether that's eventually winning the, the Premier League itself. If you can't have that as a baseline, we are going to fall at so many hurdles. We just are. So that has to be rectified. And as I say, I, I'm I don't I'm not convinced that despite whatever upturn you may get in in replacing the head coach, those are deeper concerns I've seen over the last half a decade that are still going to be there even if Chelsea are higher up in the table we I think we're being dishonest if we say there are things we see in this current Chelsea team to an extreme level that we haven't been concerned about in recent years it's just kind of right in front of our faces right now we're mid-table we're miles off the Champions League we're losing games consistently we're not scoring goals so all of that is heightened um but you know that that is a very honest concern but then 
on the flip side of that you know you've got a sense where you 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 know people who like myself who are not gonna sit here and scream for someone to to be sacked uh because that's just not my style but you know it'd be it'd be just silly of us to to look at the current team and to look at the run of results and performances and the lack of improvement and just the lack of something even if you are talking about a work in progress and you are dealing with a massive squad the fact that we don't see the odd good performance the fact that we don't see the odd good result or just a sense of it's going in, you know, we score goals, we're maybe a little bit more erratic. You know, you remember Frank Lampard's first season, you know, it was basketball games at times, but at least you were getting some enjoyment watching the team. And even if, you know, in the end Lampard failed, he, you know, there, there was something tangible to take away from that team as an identity of young players or just in a sense that that team were going to excite you and you believe that they could create opportunities in games. It's the fact that this team is just there's just nothingness i mean it just it it's a bland you know it's it's such a shallow team it, it, there's just there's no ideas to to really take from this current team there's no sense of of an identity i know all these words sound like very you know cliched and kind of they they lack meaning at this point because we say them so often in in football sort of media and conversations but you know it's the fact that there's there's nothing of that and, you know, apart from the first block of games where Graham Potter was, was Chelsea head coach, where I think you can make a case that that was there, you know, more and more you've seen him go to a sense of I'm, I'm playing more of a 4-2-3-1, that's going to be my formation or a 4 triple 2 he, has, he stopped experimenting. Uh, my belief is that it, it's part maybe the scrutiny of the job or also part when he tried to experiment before the World Cup, it went horrendously wrong against his old employer in Brighton and he seemed to just maybe crawl back into his shell a little bit um whatever it is i think it's really taken away you know bit by bit has taken away my sort of confidence that this is going in a positive direction and you just you can't keep losing over and over again um and as i say i i, I think that that that's what makes it just i i'd be dishonest with I, one of the things i pride myself on as i'm sure like a lot of people would do this right i want to be honest with you guys about what i feel when i'm watching chelsea and even if I I call this the rational perspective, but you may think this is irrational, it's just not fun watching Chelsea at the moment. It, it's so unenjoyable. It's just soul destroying. It, it it makes your love of football just ebb away slowly, week by week. And I, that's the way I'm feeling, and I'm sure like that that's the way of a lot of you feeling. I know some people will be will have different reactions to that, but none of us can look at this currently and, and say it's remotely enjoyable, remotely inspiring remotely something where we can honestly have conversations that makes me think that you know I said a few weeks ago and months ago that Graham Potter can he get to the end of the season showing sort of baseline things but he's not even doing that he's not doing enough at the moment in results and performances to get himself to that stage and I think there always comes a point where you know if you're not getting a response from the players what what is the alternative and you know, it's 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 going to be another difficult week, you know, because if the owners want to stick by their guns and that's, that's their decision, yeah, I think it's going to be another week of, of a lot of difficult questions, awkward questions. And then you go back to Stamford Bridge. And again, I'm just, it, it, there's such little evidence this season of, of these players responding to, dif- to difficult moments. Like, I know there's a lot of people walking into today's game 
going with the old Spurs Chelsea thing of you know Chelsea this is when we get a result and <laughs> on the evidence of this season that just hasn't been the case I don't know how anyone can feel like that anymore about this team because there has been such little evidence and I know some people will be screaming right now that's because of the head coach um, I don't think it's as, as simple as that because I was I was I was seeing stuff like that early on in this season and arguably last season too I mean, it's got to a point now where I just hope there are very serious conversations going on at Chelsea's hierarchy at the moment. I hope it isn't just blind faith. I would like to think there are serious conversations about what if next weekend we lose again? You know, if, if you're going to stick with him for next week, how long does this go on? You know, and, and when is that tipping point? And when does this turn around? What is it? Is it just surviving until the summer when you can ship off a load of players? Um and that, that's based on the assumption that that is the thing that's going to unlock Graham Potter's coaching at Chelsea. But I think that's probably unrealistic. And also it kind of, it removes agency and responsibility from the guy in the dugout at the moment in his coaching team of, of just implanting something with a group of objectively very talented players. It, it's, it's just bizarre watching Chelsea in recent years and seeing, I know very good players look limited and look out of ideas I know these players are better than this like Raheem Sterling is not an awful attacker I know that Kai Havertz for all my criticisms can do good things on a football pitch Mason Mount looks a complete shell of the player he was he's gone so far backwards this season there are many you can look at and and my concern is the longer this goes on not only is, is the mood around us as fans going to get worse and worse and worse and, and toxic as we will wrap up this up because I need to talk about something else. Um, that That's my concern. So maybe conversations are going on. We will see. The final thing to speak about and to make this episode even more depressing, but I would have liked to have done this on a separate show, but I feel like by tomorrow, we don't know what tomorrow will bring, to be honest. But I had to address this was, um, and I have reacted to this on Twitter and I know a lot of Chelsea YouTubers have as well. And Chelsea fans in general was was the death threats to to Graham Potter, and I hate to say I'm not shocked. I wasn't shocked when I saw the quotes on, on Friday, uh, but I wasn't because if you've been following the discourse on Chelsea Twitter on Chelsea social media for several years, um, how can you be shocked? Because the the toxicity, the 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 way hatred and abuse. And just despicable behavior i wouldn't say has been condoned like there's been a lot of us who've been pointing this out for years and, and challenging it um and it, this is not a representation on chelsea fans in general but you know i think that there has been a sense in recent years that it's the worst thing when i hear you know because you're not going to reach the people who do these things right you know the people who sent those death threats to graham potter there's no point talking to those people um, there's no point in trying to reach those people. Those people have gone off the deep end, completely inexcusable. And you know, support obviously Chelsea investigating where those emails have come from and and what will come of it. But the the condoning of it or just the brushing off and kind of you know sort of shrug of the shoulders of well, this is what you have to deal with as Chelsea head coach. Just being a decent human being and calling out what is just an open goal. It's just completely despicable and. It was a shameful, I think, moment for Chelsea as a club. Now, as I say, that doesn't paint the broad brush of Chelsea fans, but you know, you see the back page um, with Graham Potter's face, and it, and it says, you know, they sent the death threats, you know, for my wife and kids and uh, and myself, and it's just it it's just a real shame, and it makes it makes you even more sad about what's going on at Chelsea at the moment because it's just utterly 
despicable and it's utterly disgusting and I have no time for it obviously but I, I think that there are maybe people who do, who do have platforms who maybe need to think about at times maybe endorsing some of these accounts or engaging with some of these accounts who for several years it's been quite clear on you know some of those ones that have been doing these things for a long time who I've personally blocked but continue to crop up and, and do the most obnoxious things and you know whether you call them reactionaries whether you call them consumers um i i think that the, the problem is it, there has to be wide condemnation of this and it's got nothing to do with football criticism it's it's not it's not even close to that it's just sickening and my fear is that it, it's graham potter now it will be someone else in the future because that's the way this, the discourse around football head coaches has gone. I know a lot of reaction to this and I saw an article uh, that was written, I think in a Daily Mail that was about, you know, when did we stop treating football coaches like like human beings? And that's just so true. You know, it, it's the fact that the discourse around head coaches has, has got to this level and has been built up and built up and built up. And unfortunately, social media has, has you know, very much increased those things over a number of years. Um, so I'm going to keep on opposing it. I don't think you should be engaging with people who act in that way um, and, and promoting them. But it's just, it's just shameful. It really is, and it's just, it's horrible, and it makes you sick to the stomach, and you know, makes you makes you want to go off social media and sort of disconnect because you just think at times, is it even worth persisting with and worth saving? But I had to address it, obviously. So not a good time. Um, it hasn't been a good time this season for Chelsea and we will see what the upcoming days uh, bring. Obviously no game now until next weekend against Leeds. Every game now feels a referendum. I don't even know if you can call it a referendum on the, on the Chelsea head coach. I think that if you speak to a lot of Chelsea fans, they're either going to be sort of very disappointed like myself in the current situation or wanting the head coach to be replaced. So as I say, see what the, the upcoming days bring. Thank you so much for watching or listening and I will see you again very soon. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.